I've been waiting because I want to make sure everyone was recording when I said this because it was going to be so good. But I have a new catchphrase. Yeah. For the for yeah. the podcast? No, no, just for life. Um, oh, well, it's I don't usually think we like care, then. when I like do a sick burn on Lee. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll like do a pose. You're not gonna be able to see it, but I do a pose kind of like like this, and I'm standing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My hands are more at my sides, and I go, "I'm Beetlejuice." <laughs> I don't understand. Well, because he was kind of like a like a trickster guy, and he's on the cover of the of the box. If you look, he's posed, doing kind of a pose, and I'm kind of doing uh-huh. that pose, and I go, "I'm Beetlejuice," because like I just did a burn. Like <laughs> Beetlejuice is kind of known for that. Uh huh. So that's what I, that's my catchphrase. I'm Beetlejuice. So I'm, I, I, since, it works. Just since I'm editing this, I just want to make sure this is this is something that you want the listeners to hear. I think it should start the podcast. You think you, so? You so what you're saying is what you just told us was so good, yeah, that you think it should open the end of our riveting, spooky Shocktober triple. I think it's pretty scary that someone would be that funny. I have a request. We cut it out of the episode unless. Kit uses it effectively during the course of this episode. But I can't do the pose. Well, you know. In an audio format. We've already described it to the listeners. Okay. uh, So for the listener right now, look at the cover of Beetlejuice. And Uh you then just picture Kit doing that. And this is what I'm saying. So picture this as I'm saying this. Mike, you look better with a beard. I'm Beetlejuice. (laughs) There you go. Good evening, listeners from Beyond the Grave, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. And I believe Beetlejuice is on our list. Is that is that correct? It is. It's like number one or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was, as a child, that was my, definitely, that and Raiders of the Lost Ark were my two favorite films. Anyhow, I am your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Uh, Tonight, we are finishing up our special kind of a bonus Halloween triple feature with 1944's The Uninvited, directed by Lewis Allen and selected by Andrew. Andrew. That's right. What made you pick The Uninvited? Well, well, I'll tell you, it's a little bit of a mix up. Um, So I there is a 2009 movie called The Uninvited, which I have never seen. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, it is not good. Um, but I saw, I was looking for Shocktober movies last year. And I was like, oh, that there's a movie from 1944 called The Uninvited and Criterion put it out. Uh, so I was like, oh, so maybe there's like a good version of a bad movie I haven't seen. So I was like, I should, ch- but I should check that out. So I blind, I ordered it based on that. And it sat on my shelf and I did not watch it last year, but I kept it for this Shocktober. Um, and then, and then I realized that actually the uninvited is from 2009 is a remake of a Korean movie called a tale of two sisters by Kim Ji-woon. That is great, but 
a different movie than this. So, okay. um, yeah, that is why I chose to watch this movie. Wow, I was thinking that you chose that because I was also like, huh, I wonder why Andrew is choosing this. And mm-hmm. I would have thought it was because both Scorsese and Del Toro claim that this is one of the scariest horror films of all time. Well, they're old men, so that's why they're yes, scared they're by both, this movie. But they both today, I, today I also learned, I guess, that Scorsese and Del Toro are fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> However, I will say, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're a, if you're 75 years old and you know you remember being seven and watching this movie, then I'm sure it scared you because there was you know nothing else scary going on in your world, I guess. Um, Other than World War yeah. II, I guess. But, 1944, wow. pretty. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> pretty tame. <laughs> it's not like Scorsese fought in the friggin' war, or maybe he did. I don't know. There's a movie idea right there. Um, the little asthmatic child Scorsese fighting. Yeah, him. just <laughs> a, like a seven-year-old kid who accidentally enlists and goes to like and like land, lands and lands at Normandy or something. A but kid it's like who a, was so weak that he wasn't allowed to leave his house. Yeah. Nevertheless, unless also he would have been two years old when this movie came out. And it'll be like okay, so it's like a baby's day out situation, but with yeah. like Saving Private Ryan levels of violence. That's a good Marty's idea. Marty's day out. Yeah. Marty's day out. Okay, cool. I like it. Anyway, um. No, yeah, I did. I did after the fact figure out that they love this movie, and you know, I was thinking uh, when when you actually do see the ghost in this movie, it does kind of remind me a little bit of uh, the Crimson Peak ghosts, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think we were talking about recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there was some, there's some like some elements of at least the like con- the the setup of the movie that felt. Uh, a little bit like inspired by the uninvited, so I thought that was kind of cool. They're also apparently Mama is very the climax of Mama is very similar to yes. this movie. Oh my gosh, it totally is. Yeah. I was thinking of maybe there's like Shutter Island ish elements, um, though I've never seen that movie, but I know there's like an insane asylum and <sighs> yeah, know, I can backstory is being worked out through these like weird things. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it for sure. I think like the second half of the movie is probably more Shutter Islandy, or the second, mm-hmm. I guess, the last third of the movie, I should say, mm-hmm. where the entire plot occurs. Um, as, as, as with last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, not a not a not a dig, not a dig, but no. it was it was really funny to me because the movie is so just gently paced, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know, I actually just finished this movie like 15 minutes ago and I was, I was, but I was like really stressed towards the end because I was like, I don't understand how this movie can be close to over. So much is happening right now. And then mm-hmm. it ended like 30 seconds later. I, I had the same experience. I also just finished it and I was like, oh, I'm like 10 minutes short of like, like there's a, I'm going to go 10 minutes over if I watch the whole end of this movie. But then like the ending is just totally packed with stuff all of a sudden. I feel like that's a common thing of like older movies where the movies just kind of like get to the end and then end and and then there's like one screen of credits and it's over. Am I crazy? Yeah, they don't even they're never setting up a sequel. I don't understand. It's like they didn't have yeah. franchises. You know what would be so sick is hmm. if maybe they hire George Lucas or whatever, come in, let's do a let's change this movie up again. Let's let's get Nick Fury to show up and Recruit, recruit the ghost. The ghost. Yes. Recruit the ghost into the <laughs> Avengers. I think that would be fucking sick. She's really Maybe powerful. Cool. She can like turn the fuck out of those pages. 
She could turn the sure. pages. She could try to convince her daughter to commit suicide. <laughs> maybe, maybe the ghost could try to convince Thanos to kill himself. <laughs> so, Kit, had you seen this before? No. Okay. I had seen it. I've seen this movie probably four or five times now. Wow. Um, but it's like, I don't like it that much, but I keep just picking it up. Like, I think in college I saw it twice because I didn't realize I had already seen it. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> I always confused it with um, just like, there's like a handful of like ghost movies from the forties. And I think I would just kind of get them confused. Cause I used to just watch, like I would go to the library and get like any black and white horror movies and then just like watch them over the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've seen this a few times and then I've seen it a couple times more recently, uh, but I always forget everything about it. And so I'm like, Oh, I should, I should see the uninvited people talk about it. Like it's good. And then I start watching it. I'm like, Oh, I've seen this before, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I had seen this one before, but I enjoyed watching it for the whatever fourth or fifth time. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I should launch into my thoughts or if you guys go it, do it, do it. I only okay. took three notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, one I really is, didn't. Yeah. No, go ahead. One is Stella by Starlight is from this, which I never knew. Yeah. The other is obviously the lesbian is a bad guy. Three, uh, the ghost effect looks rad and must have scared the rad. shit out of people. Yeah, it does. It's cool. That's it. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't take any notes while I was watching it, but I did go through afterwards like, and try to come up with some stuff to talk about. Um, this isn't one of my favorite like older horror films. Um, and I think one thing I noted is that I do like I like the location, um, which is crucial for a haunted house movie. But like just this weekend, I watched The Shining. We went to go see that. And uh, I also watched this movie called The Evil, which I think it was like an 80s movie maybe the seventies. And it's just, it's just like a haunted house movie and uh pretty simple. Like they're all similar in ghosts, uh, haunting a house type of thing. Um, but like the shining is like one of my all time favorite movies, you know, let alone horror movies. Sure. And I think like, I feel so cozy in the shining and I never feel that coziness in uh, the uninvited. And I think that's why it doesn't ever really stick with me. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's like, the coastal setting or just the house feels like dry. It doesn't really feel like wet. like a place that I want to be. Well, it, it doesn't feel wet. Yeah. I want I like to like slip around in my, it probably is wet though. It's really close. That's to what I'm sea. thinking, man. I'm it probably is pretty, humid. Pretty yeah. wet. I thought that multiple times, like they had their windows open on the seaside. I was like, man, they would be soaked in the morning. They talk the about morning. how damp it is. Yeah. Well, right. I just mean it like, it all looks like chalky and dusty. Like, uh, anyhow. So yeah, I, I'm not, in love with the house, which I think is crucial for a haunted house movie, like mm-hmm. the legend of hell house or just a lot of the, like the really good ones. It's like, you kind of want to be in that house, even though it's like scary and you don't want to be there. Um, but, uh, but I do like a lot of the photography in this movie. Like, I think it's really well filmed. The lighting is really good. We were talking mm-hmm. about the effect, like the ghost effect is really cool. Um, and I mean, I even like, it's pretty much with every forties movie, but like, I like the fashions, like I like, uh, the way that the men are dressed. I like the dresses on the ladies and, you know, their hair and stuff. And, um, but, uh, but I wrote down that I think the reason this doesn't stand out to me with the other horror films of its time is that, uh, I'm really spoiled by like the Val Luton productions of the forties, like the, I guess the thirties and forties where they are so shadowy and like, they're so distinctly filmed. And like, 
like you know like so like cat people or the ghost ship mm-hmm. or uh things like that it's like those all stick with me so much more than this one does this feels it's a fine movie and i do enjoy it but it just doesn't feel like it really never scares me there's a little bit of good spooky atmosphere but uh but it just doesn't really it doesn't overwhelm me or i guess it doesn't impress me visually as much as a lot of other films from that era and so i think that's why it doesn't um like rank high on my personal list but yeah it's really it's really hard for movies that are of a certain age to scare me i find yeah. um but i think if 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 i watch a, a scary movie that's you know 50 or 60 or 70 years old or whatever mm-hmm. and it can get me just like once then i know that like my grandma was probably shitting her pants when she saw this. <laughs> uh, and I will say that like that moment at the very end where she runs and stops at the edge of the cliff and then the cliff breaks. I thought yeah. that is fucking awesome. They must've, that must've absolutely killed. Yeah. It, it absolutely, it totally got me. Do you know if, was this a hit? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Well, well, okay. And it was nominated it, for an Oscar for black and white cinematography. I saw that. I didn't even know they used to mm-hmm. separate that between color and black and white. Um, I also, I was reading a little bit about this, and at least according to the sources I was reading, it was pretty unusual. Like, this is considered one of the first movies to take, like, ghosts and haunted houses seriously. Like, it was, like... Before right. that, it was like Abbott and Costello and Arsenic and Old Lace and stuff, which I think is earlier than this. I'm not positive. Um, and it was just like considered like a goofy topic. And apparently there's a contemporary review of the movie where it, that includes this the following sentence. Um, it remains a question, however, whether such a film should ever be made, producing visual evidence of unexplained occult phenomena, which, to say the least, have never yet been photographed. Yeah. So... The idea awesome. that even making a movie about this is like fucked up in some way or unscientific or yeah. a cult. I don't know. Um, but that's pretty. So I think that that has to do like it does pull its punches with the scares frequently. For um, sure. Like I thought that the moment that scared me the most was the second time the ghost appears in the artist studio. Yeah. Where it's like that's shit. It's like. I think that effect continues to hold up like so well and it looks very freaky and it was reminding me of like Haunting of Hill House or Bly Manor where it really doesn't get scarier than seeing something like lurking like something human-ish lurking in the background and they don't go overboard with the technology at all which is like typically the downfall of scary movies for me is like when they don't scare me is like when they want to show you too much. And this movie never really shows you too much. Like I love the scenes where the pages are just turning while like the characters are like behind the characters while they're talking. That was really cool. Um, And, but then like there's things like the ending is like the last line that Ray Milan says is so fucking stupid. And it reminded me of like the bad seed which I've probably talked about on here, which like the bad seed scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, I find I'm very scared by movies in which little girls are mean to their mom. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the end of that movie after truly like, like I guess it really scared, really scared me. 
And then the end of that movie, they like when they're introduced with the credits are like the ha- they have the like actors come out like as they're announced, like so and so as the mom and so and so as little Vicky or whatever. And then the mom like throws the actress jokingly like over her knee and like kind of like they're laughing and she's spanking her. And it's like they truly added that to be like, don't be too scared by this. They might, like or Psycho is like kind of a similar situation. Um where it's like the movie actively doesn't want to scare the audience too much. And that kind of is unfortunate, I guess, for modern for modern viewers. Because I think this movie could have been scarier if it didn't have some of the goofy shit in it. And if it was willing to kind of think about how tragic the actual backstory that's yeah. like producing the ghosts is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That that would have been cool. I I just kind of jumping off of what you were saying about uh you know horror being mostly played for comedy at that point. I so I was looking at it in that context. Um and so I don't think the comedy or just anything they did to sub, you know kind of uh um undermine the horror of it uh like it didn't bother me as much as I watched, what did I watch? I watched last year, I watched The Old the old Dark House. Have you seen that, Mike? 1932. Uh, yeah, I, I think like I fir- might have recommended that to you. Maybe, I don't know. It's the first, it's James like, Whale. it's, yeah, James Whale. It's the first mm-hmm. haunted house movie. Well, it's credited as being the first or one of the first. Anyway, hmm. but like, that's a, that's a fun movie to watch, but it's like totally, that was actually very disappointing to me how funny it was. It was like it was and it was such a weird tone because it felt so much like, oh, here's a let's make a horror movie uh, and then let's appease whoever we have to in order to make sure we're able to make this movie. So it's like, Hmm. here's a really scary figure who's like very rapey and chasing these women around or whatever. And it's like it's a scary scenario. And then let's make a joke about it. So like I that movie was interesting just to watch but it's ultimately disappointing because it's like here's a really really good premise that and here's like the the birth of a premise i should even say uh and and then it's just completely wasted so yeah i don't i don't i I think horror and comedy obviously work very very well um in a lot of cases but i think around this time maybe it's just because i don't think you know grandma humor is funny or something i don't know but uh, yeah, there's something about it that doesn't sit right in this time uh, when it comes to like horror movies. Well, maybe because they, because maybe because it's something of a <laughs> compensation for the fact that they want to make a thriller or a horror movie. And I mean, it's interesting because like um, Rebecca is like four years earlier than this. Gaslight is the same year, mm-hmm. and those movies are kind of allowed to be played straight and scary but nothing actually supernatural is happening in them right like in gaslight it's all it seems to be something happening but it's not really um and rebecca is just like gothic but not Mm -hmm. you know haunted in a sense but not literally um and those movies get to be get to have kind of like a psychological depth and like sustained thrilling atmosphere but but this one has to be sort of silly because they're yeah. actually gonna well, show I, a ghost in it, it is it is kind I of kinda... funny though because this movie does uh like 
you know, it sets up the the supernatural stuff, but then the last act of the movie is like almost like a procedural. Like mm-hmm. they're just yeah. like running around trying to solve solve a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um and it's very like everything's very logical at that point. So maybe that's also but that's also kind of a tr- like that's also kind of a trope, right? Where it's like we have the ghostly setup and then you have to figure out why the ghost is there. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I, you know, I wonder if that is like, if that's a result of, again, trying to appease some sort of censorship and then just kind of became how we make, like largely how we make a lot of ghost movies. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of interesting. I wonder what the taboo was exactly. Cause I think it was it, was it that Bosley Crowther? Was that what you were referring to earlier, Kit? Like where you said that it's whether we should even be showing this in a film. That, I don't remember you know. if that was the person who said it, but okay. it certainly could I be. I think it was, I read it earlier and I can't remember, but it was like the New York Times reviewer. Uh, anyhow, though, I just, I wonder, because like, I mean, there were supernatural horror films well before this, you know, um, but I guess it was just the idea of like a visible apparition that was not some sort of a prank or mm-hmm. trick that was being pulled on somebody, you know, like in gas or gaslight, I guess doesn't really have ghosts, but like, you know, I guess in the other movies, what, maybe cat in the canary or something. Like it was always like mm-hmm. a trick that they were doing to like try to swindle somebody out of their money or something. Right. But like, so yeah, I wonder like what, <clears throat> I wonder if it was a, re- I guess it would have had to have been like maybe a religious taboo on showing what a spirit would look like. But even at that, like I have, to, I, f- I feel like there would have been, adaptations of like Christmas Carol that would have had something like, um, so I don't know, but, but, but then as far as like other supernatural stuff, like you've got tons of monsters and, you know, Mm -hmm. other things that, but yeah, I wonder why a ghost would have been specifically too far. Um, sorry. I don't know. I mean, that does ghosts do have, I guess, implications for the afterlife that maybe crowd into, dominant religious understandings more so than a swamp thing would or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, did you, we, I think we've actually talked about it before, but I capture the castle. Yes. Um, so yeah, Dodie Smith, I guess, I don't know. If she, I think she wrote the screenplay for this, um, which I thought was interesting. I, I don't remember when we talked about that, but, uh, Oh, we were talking about Henry Cavill. Cause he's like, uh, okay. A baby in that movie. So, and apparently yeah. she also wrote the the book that 101 Dalmatians was based on, which I didn't even know was based on a book. Me neither. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I looked at because I because I, I didn't have a lot of notes. And so I looked at the credits for some of the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. Well, Ray Milland, obviously, he's weirdly like as I've watched more and more older movies like I had until I looked at him today. I had no sense of like when he was alive because he's in so many movies for like, Mm -hmm. like I think from like possibly the 20. No, I guess maybe the thirties all the way through like the seventies or the eighties. Yeah. Um, But he's just been in so much stuff uh, that I've seen, but I think he's good in this. I think he makes for like a good leading man of that, that sort. Like he's not really like a Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Like he's, he's more of straight laced or like more boring than that. But I do think (laughs) he's good in this role. Um, and then I really liked, uh, I guess her name was Gail Russell, who played Stella, who was the younger woman who was, you know, all that. But uh, 
I noted she was also she's also in a movie called Moonrise, which is pretty solid. And I think Criterion also put that out. Um, but. Yeah, have either of you seen The Thief? Seen what? The Thief. The Thief. No, that's a Ray Milan movie. I've been kind of wanting to watch. Okay, I've seen Thief with. uh, Yeah, James Conn. Yeah, there's (laughs) no um, there's no dialogue in it. It's from 52, but there's no dialogue. Oh, interesting. It sounds really interesting. I never even heard of that. Have you seen The Big Clock? No, that's a fun one. Um, He's in that one. But, uh, but yeah, okay. Well, um, so we talked about the apparitions. Yeah, I guess some of the other films that it was up against for cinematography. So Laura uh, won that year for black and white, but it was also up against Double and in- Double Indemnity and Gaslight. So that was a pretty competitive mm-hmm. year. It was also wow. weird to think that all those movies came out in the same year. Yeah, um, actually, Arsenic and Old Lace also came out in '44. Did it? Which okay. I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I mean, um, wow. It's surprising to me. I mean, Laura won, right? Laura won, yeah. For cinematography. It's yeah. hard for me to look. Should I don't think I'd put Laura ahead of Double Indemnity for cinematography. Yeah. Like, Double Indemnity is pretty amazing. But, I mean, Laura I mean, is great, too. Yeah. It's tricky, though, because, like, like when I saw Double Indemnity, I was be- it was being presented to me as, like, this like set the you know right like maybe it was this, too boundary pushing or something for the time yeah i guess yeah that could have been yeah but just like yeah it's so distinctive looking and but i mean you know i feel like gaslight is also a really beautiful film and well uh, and laura gaslight and this are all kind of set in a old ass house right yeah or, yeah actually that'd make for a good triple feature mm-hmm. <laughs> if we ever if we ever want to watch uninvited for a sixth time <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. I really, I, I, as I was watching it, I could not think of a lot to talk about. Um, Me neither. Okay. I do think I, oh, well, I'll say something critical about, okay. about the story. Okay. I feel like the story is kind of dull and that as it all starts to ramp up in the final act and they start to, uh, you know, you learn more and more about what happened. I feel, I think it gets kind of convoluted. Like I have a little bit of trouble yeah. remembering exactly what's going on. But I think part of the problem is you have basically you have two very important characters who are just for the most part off screen. Um, And so you kind of get confused unless you're like, I don't know. I think I kind of I tune out a little bit and then that stuff, it all starts to come at you really quickly. And you're like, oh, crap, I got to. I don't I don't think the like the actual plot itself is that like it's uninteresting. I just think it's it's the pacing. That's the problem. Yeah, I feel like. In addition to that, because you get all the information at the very end of the movie, and they're not exactly laying breadcrumbs for you earlier than that, I don't think. Nope. Right. Um, but it reminded me a little bit of, uh, I feel like they can't be <laughs> explicit about stuff that is substantive to the plot. Um, yeah. It reminded me a little bit of in, God, should I even be talking about this? In The Lone Ranger, when there's like a, <laughs> weird reference to where Johnny Depp goes uh what's his name is a gelding and it's like kind of a euphemism for what we're for what we're supposed to understand there's a part in this movie where the doctor says i think it's the doctor is talking about who the woman Stella thinks is her Mary um and he says like i was 
confused because of her own she says something like because of her own resistance to having children or her own insistence on uh remaining childless or something like that which made me think is he implying that she got abortions from him or that she never consummated her marriage with her husband or something there's something <laughs> being referenced about how that I wonder is if it's being offered to sort of excuse the behavior of the father for going out and having affairs. Um, they have the daughter like very like laughingly speak of her father's infidelity and the fact that he was just banging tons of women. Um, Hell yeah. And <laughs> like, she's so like happy to learn her, who her birth mother is as opposed to kind of like horrified that all of this was kept from her and yeah. that, both her mothers died <laughs> as a result of this secret. Um, yeah. Like there's just like not a willingness to sit in the horror of the scenario being offered that I think it renders the plot a little bit confusing, a very, a fairly simple yeah. plot, relatively confusing because they can't yeah. say like the dad was fucking this other lady. <laughs> And she was a gypsy and it wasn't seen as appropriate that she got pregnant. So this other woman stole her baby. Like, cause there's something interesting in the idea that what we're told is that the foreign woman stole, tried to steal the baby, but she was yes. actually stealing her own baby. Right. And that's like an interesting reversal, but it's kind of hard to catch because it can't be, they can't just like say what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the, some of like, if the perf performances maybe had been kind of matched the beats of the plot a little more like mm -hmm. um the stella she i don't know there's so, she's she's so relieved to yeah. be free of all this at the end but throughout the course of the movie all she wants to do is be close to her mother mm -hmm. and so i think maybe if if there had been a little bit more nuance like maybe it was like um you know, she felt a responsibility or whatever. Um, or, you know, maybe, it, you know, sometimes you're excited, you know, you want something, but then you also don't want it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, something something where it was like, that. So, something that, that basically made me believe the words she was saying at the end, because I didn't. Um, but I also, I, I, I feel, yeah, I think a lot of this is, a lot of this complaint is the time it was made and the stuff they were trying to accomplish. And then part of me thinks too, it's just like, here is a movie that isn't really being made right now. And we're figuring it out. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it just feels like they were trying to make a movie that was not easy to make in that climate. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I feel, yeah. So I feel a certain amount of forgiveness, I guess. Well, it'd be interesting, like, to be able to talk to the filmmakers and be like, did you just want to make a horror movie and, like, you couldn't Maybe really, we could or... contact them with, like, a seance or something. And or, <laughs> or, yeah, like, what well, kind of movie did you want to make? During the war, I mean, they kind of had to put a little bit of a bright face on a lot of stuff, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, maybe on this kind of story. But at the same time, it's yeah. not like Laura and Rebecca... Yeah, and gaslight true. are happy stories, but maybe because they're based on—I don't know about Laura actually—but based on existing properties, like or popular novels. Right. There's kind of a difference. Um, yeah, I but don't know. 
I mean, you know, like part of how you know the plot of Chinatown is the way that Faye Dunaway reacts to the reveal that like tells you what happened. And nobody reacts to any of these <laughs> revelations in a way that makes any that seems consistent with how human beings would react to these revelations. So it's kind of hard, makes it harder to like grasp yeah. what's yeah. going on. I don't, there was something about, cause I was thinking about that a little bit. Like when that first night that they both sleep in the house, when the brother or whatever, whatever. That was so weird. Yes. By the way, brother and sister <laughs> live into get, buying, buying a house together. together. Very strange. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready for something something weird to be going on me, between them. Me too. And I like, was so, I was <laughs> here for it. I was so stoked. You guys, we can't have a single freaking episode without this incest. Stuff. But it's true. If it's like setting up a horror movie and the beginning of it is this like weirdly close brother and sister buying a dilapidated mansion together, I'm like, I love it. Why do they both need that? Would have been so rad. But, it but you don't. Gonna... Again, yeah. you just you know you can do it in like a. You know, a, a, a Hitchcock way where right. It's not the, as if their movies don't have that element, and certainly like novels that are popular at the time totally have that element to it. Like that's yeah. a that's like a gothic stand. Yeah, let's get by. Let's I get think. Yeah. let's get nasty with it. That's what I'm saying. And also, um, very crim- that's 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 kind of why I was thinking that Crimson Peak felt a little mm-hmm. bit like it was thinking about this movie when <laughs> I wrote bet it. you're right. I bet you're right. But yeah, it's like this this was the thing that like this movie was missing and so Guillermo del Toro picked up on that. Um but anyway, what I was going to say was um you know, he comes out or whatever of his room and he hears the sort of because he hears the ghost and his sister's out there and she's just like, "Oh, you hear it too." And it's like, "Okay." And there was something about there was something about it that I found kind of charming because it's like how do we shoot how do you sh- like how do you make this scene at this time when there weren't like ghost movies like that like were there like have have you seen scenes like this where somebody needed to be horrified by a ghost I mean I haven't seen too many movies at the time but like right I mean apparently not apparently there weren't I like that's what I'm saying so I it's can't like, think of any I'll tell you how what I would have done okay if I was alive Sarah. in 1944 and mm-hmm. I wanted to make that scene scary because mm-hmm. it's already a little scary. But I think to have had the camera travels like so you you have them up at the top of the stairs and then you pull back away from them so that the camera is now kind of in that open space and it moves down the stairs and then it just quietly moves through the house, mm-hmm. the empty house. And you just you continue to hear the sound, but it always just kind of evades you like it's you know, you never see anything. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, you make a loop and then you follow them back up to the top so that it's like you see that it's coming from nowhere or something like that. I, th- I think I, something like that would have really given me like a like that sounds like the Hitchcock approach. OK, I would say. And I, as a screenwriter in 1944, I probably wouldn't have had the sister already be super familiar with the fact that this is a thing. Like she yes. reacts like, oh, yeah, this happens every night. That would like, have been much what? scarier to see her <laughs> alone in the house before he was there. Yeah. To see her like hearing this noise. And then this woman has to go, you know, as De Palma has taught us, mm-hmm. as Hitchcock has taught us, they're more vulnerable. We're more sympathetic to them. And so uh, it's scarier. We don't care if a man gets killed by a ghost. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like to have well, seen then, her make this discovery and then have, then have him have this experience, Affirm but I guess we're too it, yeah. centered on him. 
Sorry, what? Well, then to have him affirm that it's really happening, you know, like if you could right. somehow establish through the camera that we're not sure whether this is a dream or a like hallucination or something on her part, like is she really experiencing this? Or especially if you've already established that Stella, that Stella hears these things and all the people in her life think she's crazy and like she's, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't really happening. And especially if it's kind of part of a conspiracy to keep this secret at bay, then to have like what if you've established that first even or or implied it a little bit and then she starts hearing it and you wonder like okay well is she captured by the same madness that afflicts stella or are these really sounds and then the brother hears them too and you're like okay so it's not just a women's hysteria issue (laughs) it's actually like a a real phenomenon yeah yeah that'd be cool we are we're making these observations and writing the, you know, coming up with these ideas with like 75 years yes. worth of ghost movies that we yes. have been uh, pulling from. But it is uh, very funny that you would go, OK, let's shoot this scene with the spooky noise and have the sister already just think right. it's old hat. basically. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah <laughs> like, why would they do that? But hey, we got a heck of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> so since I can't think of much else to say about the movie. And it seems like we've kind of were spinning our wheels a little bit. Could we talk about ghost movies in general? And uh, if we have like favorite ghost movies, things we like in ghost movies, things we don't. I would like love to movies. do that. I just okay. want to make sure I get to because I have like all of my notes are little stragglers. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. OK. And they're Why don't mostly... we just do that first? Yeah, that's what's what that? saying. Oh, OK, OK, OK. Sorry. I was saying, let me just run. I got to run through. And most of it's just like, uh look how much look look what things were like when in you know 70 years ago lol Mm -hmm. uh but one of my favorite things is um that that house cost twelve hundred dollars yeah or pounds which is like (laughs) which is like fifteen hundred dollars or something in today's money uh that is that's just bonk man that's insane dude well but even even for the time, they were saying like, "What a crazy deal!" But they weren't know, saying like, but, "What an insane right. deal!" Right? Okay. So like, if I so like, if I bought a house right now, and it was like half of what it was worth, that would be a crazy deal, or a third, and it would still be over a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> anyway, it's just bonkers. Um, yeah. The fact that they're brother and sister is funny to me. Uh, oh she walks in the sister walks into a beautiful room with an insane window overlooking the ocean and says what an ugly room um i love that uh yeah is that what they say about the art studio yeah which is the prettiest room in the house easily it's gorgeous (laughs) uh love that old dude hitting on a 20 year old uh, and then the per- and then the and then An they have a debate about it where she's and he just says don't force her into the nursery because the sister's talking about how young she is. Yeah, just funny. It really um, seemed like a bad idea for him to pursue that gal at all. Like she's like a delusional, for sure, twenty year old who was mo- yeah. who was recently in an insane asylum, and it's like yes, like against her will, I guess, but still, what a creeper. <laughs> Oh, here's the most insane thing. At one point, he blows his nose and then shoves his handkerchief seemingly under his pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it. here's what I know. We don't see where his hand goes because it goes out of frame. But I know that bed is big enough to where, like, he. there's no way he set it on the nightstand. It's mm-hmm. that handkerchief with his... Also, super weird. I don't know. I think it's strange that, like, part of this man's going to bed routine is to blow his nose in bed. Yeah. 
It was is that odd. his routine or was it meant to imply how cold it was or something? I don't know. No, I thought I, I thought mean, that it was odd. If that's if if that's what they're saying, that blowing your nose is in. If he's saying that, like, oh, he's got a cold now, so he's got to blow his nose. That's the dumbest. Fu- that's no. <laughs> like throw like throw extra blankets on. Like show him shivering, but blowing his nose. What insanity is that? Um, so yeah, so he shoves so he shoves his boogie. Uh, <laughs> handkerchief underneath his pillow and then goes to sleep. So I don't know. So, but he also lives lives with his sister. So, and likes to <laughs> and and likes to pursue mentally uh, ill chicks. So, um, oh, uh, another another thing. Uh, they're when they go into the studio later in the movie. Like, he goes, "It's rather messy in here, and it's like the cleanest room ever." <laughs> There's nothing in it. There's nothing in it. It's just like like maybe there's a book open somewhere and the camera can't see it. Um, oh, one cool thing is uh, I loved when he runs in. He hears the house creep keeper screaming and he runs into the house mm-hmm. and it's just it's very very dark and you don't see that she is actually standing right in front of him yeah. on the stairs until the flashlight finds her yeah that was very very cool and just um yeah i think the lighting i mean a lot of it is just like hey let's put like a kookaloris in front of the in front of the light and and then you know create kind of pools for people to walk in and out of which is um you know awesome and normal but uh yeah it looked i thought it i thought it looked really good you know i think number one and two things about the movies is like the ghost effect and the lighting were really good yeah so yeah on that note, it could have been one of the other. It could have been the other ghost movie I watched. But don't they make reference to like how the light reflects off the ocean and hits the ceiling weird? <gasps> Do they? Ooh, I don't remember. I don't know. That. I don't remember that. Okay, but maybe that's... that's in the other one I watched. Never mind. If that is true, though, and that informs that's how the awesome. ghosts are shaped, that fucking rules. Well, no, I don't think it talked about. Anything. I was going to say they never used that. Like. If but that I was think in they movie. are. I think if they do say that in here, which none of us are sure they do, right. if they do say that in this movie, I would assume that it is meant to cast a little bit of doubt yeah. on how the ghosts appear, because that's exactly what the ghosts look like, is like when your swimming pool is reflected right. on your ceiling. Okay. Actually, no, it must be this movie, because the other one wasn't on the seaside, and then also I can almost kind of picture it's like when they're touring the house, they, they're looking in that studio they're they're in the hallway with the Damn, doors dude. open and then they point to the ceiling and there's like the lights kind of swirling on the that's, that's fucking super scary cool. that just made yeah. me scared <laughs> yeah the idea that when they were saying that maybe the ghost was there that's fucking oh, yeah. freaky now yeah. i wish they would remake this movie so that we could ex- we could exploit that more there you go God damn that's scary um, i really did honestly love how subtle and restrained the spookiness was because like mm-hmm. Even in, like, there's nothing, like, Crimson Peak, which I, like, went through really fast the other night after you (laughs) referenced it. It's, like, the ghosts have to not only be ghosts, but look scary. And they have to, like, do scary things. Ghost things, um, for sure. In order to be scary. And, like, in this movie, in a way, it's, like, the fact that there's something possibly in your house at all times, there's... I don't like I said earlier, I don't think it really gets any scarier than that. It's like, yeah, okay, they can murder you. I guess that's scarier, but it's not really that much scarier than them just being there. 
you know, yeah, for sure. Then just that idea that like, oh, when they were in that room talking about how hideous the room was, the the fucking ghost, one of the ghost ladies was there watching them. That's as scary as I need any movie to be. <laughs> and I think I think that's a huge that's like the main uh the main element in a in a in a good ghost movie right. is that they're just there. It's you know, I was watching we t- you referenced Bly Manor. There's this really amazing, you know, and this is very very common where it's just like the ghost is just yeah. standing in a corner or behind them. But there's this I think that show kind of take kicks it up a notch a little bit with that. Um, there's a scene where it's just a, a, a two shot, a shot reverse shot, and there is a ghost or something in the background. Mm-hmm. And but it's so much more subtle than normal. And I also and the, Love and the it. thing that's very cool about it is the, the in some of the shots the ghost isn't there, and in some of the shots it is. Mm-hmm. So well, like, I, don't know. I looked, I went, I always go through all the stills from what, from the mm-hmm. season, because mm-hmm. that's as much as I can handle. And I still <laughs> afterward, I'm like, Lee, you need to come in here and just like be with me, please. Um, but it's like, that's what I mean is they'll sometimes what they'll do is they'll like establish the way that you'll know in retrospect that a ghost was there is that in the wide, there wasn't one. And then right. so in the close up, like what you think you see part of the evidence for that being a figure is that it wasn't there in the wide, in the same wide. And again, I defy you. Is there anything scarier than just like, oh, there's a fucking dude back there <laughs> that you can Mm-mm. barely see and that the people in the scene don't know is there. Do and the guys, fact, yeah, go ahead. Do you want to hear a ghost story? Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> All right. I turned my lights off. <laughs> so I was talking with my coworker the other day and she said that they used to. So it's, it was her, her husband and her two kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, they bought a house that had previously been inhabited by two older, older women, elderly women who were sisters. And um, I guess I don't think they knew it right away but one of them had passed away in the house and then the other sister had moved out and uh she said that uh her son when he was really young would always like wake up super early in the morning and i guess the way it was set up was like it was kind of like split levels i guess Mm -hmm. and so the bedrooms were upstairs then there was like a main level and then i guess there was a stairwell down to kind of another level uh and that was the room where Um, They had like their couch and their TV and stuff like that. And then there was another level down, I think, into the basement or something. And she said that um, she never really thought about it at the time. But when she lived in that house, she would never go down those stairs that led toward the family room area, uh, like where the TV was, uh, unless she flipped the light on. And Mm -hmm. she just kind of had this like feeling like she just wasn't comfortable going down that those stairs uh, unless there was, you know, light or if it was daytime or something like that. And so anyhow, she said they moved out of the house and that's when she started realizing, like, man, I just feel like I it just, you know, uh, I don't feel like that kind of weirdness that I used to feel. And she said something to her son who I think he had been 
he was, I think he was 13 or something now, but at the time had been like six when this thing happened. And what he said happened was that he had snuck downstairs to watch TV one morning, like early on a Saturday or something like that. And he just saw a woman, an old woman sitting on their couch, uh, just facing the TV, I guess, or, you know, facing, looking out that way. And he said he never went back downstairs early after that because it scared the crap out of him. Um, but, but yeah, and she was telling me this and it's just like perfectly like, you know, uh, she, you know, she said once she left, she never had a problem. Like she said her, you know, her current house, like she'll walk through it with like all the lights off, no problem. She's just not typically that type of person, but she just had a feeling when she was in that house, which was then later confirmed by her, her son who said he saw something. (laughs) Um, and she said, then as they thought about it more, they thought of like a few other things where it was like, well, that was weird. Like, what about that time that this happened? And anyhow, I thought that was a really cool ghost story. So it's, it's the best when someone you kind of have no reason to doubt tells you something like that. Oh yeah. Like where it's just so matter of fact like Totally like, you know, um, you know, just regular coworker. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's yeah. But, um, what was I going to say? I have one more thing to say. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Just, go ahead. Just to, I was just thinking more. Also, great story. <laughs> that was great. Loved it. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good story. Oh, thank you for turning the lights back on. It was getting too really <laughs> scary. I thought that would help for the listener. <laughs> no, that was great. Um, but uh, I was just thinking about like what we were talking about earlier about kind of not playing the scenes scary enough, and um. There is sort of like a a little bit of wonder, I think, to um, the situation that is being expressed by the actors. And that reminded me a little bit of Poltergeist, mm-hmm. early in Poltergeist. Um, you know, the thing with the chair or whatever, like they're treating it more as like a, something to be wowed by than a thing they should be scared of. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I don't have a grand point here. I was just thinking like, what are other movies that are like this that I have seen and like? Um, and I think there's some element. There's some, there's some, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that. Okay. Anyway, I could probably cut this part. I was just, I was just thinking about other movies where that's played kind of this way. That is well, where it's, it's kind of what you would do if you were in that situation where you'd want to figure yes, out what was going on. That's what on. I want to say. Yes. You wouldn't just be like, oh, let's get the fuck out of here. You'd be like, huh, let's test this a little bit. Like, you'd be kind of intrigued by it. Right. And I think what's very cool and probably, you know, honestly, very Spielbergian about that scene in Poltergeist, too, is it's just like it's it's a scary thing in like a in an excited kind of way. Like it would it would give you goosebumps. But it's also like we can we can access it easier because it's like, uh. You know, it's two people who are in daylight with all the lights on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's something there's something it's like uh, it's thrilling. That's what it is. It's thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like some it's not just dread. And and I like the idea of kind of um, mixing that a little bit like, you know, having having, a, 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 you know, I think it's cool when a horror movie can be kind of thrilling and exciting and also dread like very dreadful. Um I don't know. I'm just rambling, but I was just thinking about Poltergeist. I should watch. We should watch <laughs> Poltergeist, man. Poltergeist is great. I was excited when you thought you were thinking about picking that for the Halloween because I haven't seen it for several years. But oh, it's great! It's great. Holds up. Um. Well, let's let's talk about a handful of our favorite ghost movies if we have any. Let's do it. 
Okay. You, you, you want to go first? Okay. okay. Uh, well, I just saw The Shining this weekend, uh, which I have seen dozens of times, but I mean, it's just, it's fresh in my mind. And watching it this time was like, you know, we went to the theater to go see it. And like, this is probably the first time I've watched it since I saw like Room 237. And then just a lot of the internet theories and like, did you notice this? Did you notice that? And like, there's always been something about that movie that's just like totally uh, captured me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then watching it this time, like with an eye out for like, you know, every time Jack sees like an apparition, like there's a mirror or every, you know, like just all these like little kind of things uh, kind of made me appreciate just uh, all over again. Uh, how good that movie is, how carefully put together, like the logic of the supernatural is in that movie, I think is really great. Um, and then also I just, I freaking love that hotel. I would live there forever if I could. <sighs> and I guess I could, if I murdered, got murdered there. So, um, but yeah. And then I also really like um, poltergeist is a really good one, mm-hmm. but I even think we kind of had like, maybe it was recognized. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not plugged in enough to know, but I, maybe even a an underrecognized sort of ghost movie renaissance. Like I thought the conjuring was incredible. I loved that movie. I love um, that movie. I think I, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. The conjuring was great. Like uh, I even thought the conjuring two was pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what was the other one that we went to go see? It was like the found footage movie. I can't think oh, of what it was the first. We saw the first paranormal paranormal activity movie. Yes. I really like that movie. I think that's a great ghost movie. Um, Kids shaking her head. But let me just say for the listeners, when when she, we got her to watch that movie, uh, we had to watch it with the lights on with 10 people in the room. And she was allowed to make as many jokes as she liked. <laughs> I'll admit that, like, I feel like that movie the way to experience that movie is going to a theater full of people like that. Absolutely. I, in I the would dark. never, I would never do that, but yeah. like, I'm sure that would be one of the most, for the kind of person who was into that, that would be one of the most fun experiences of your lifetime. It but was. <laughs> apart from that scenario, it doesn't like it, the movie just didn't, didn't scare me. Like, yeah, I didn't, of, I didn't find it scary not. because I think, you, I think you I rendered, wasn't, lit, rendered it effective. But I think less. I wasn't, I don't think it's the way that I like to be scared. Like, you know, like the things that have scared me <laughs> I the think most you just didn't have, want to be scared, period. I think that's, I mean, that that's part of it. But I do like <laughs> to be scared by like the story that Mike just told or things okay. like that. It's just a kind of like thing jumping out at you. <laughs> with a bunch of people or like a roller like to me it, it just seems like a roller coaster which like that's great for people who enjoy that I think it's awesome that like that movie is I can totally see how that movie would be so effective in that regard but mm-hmm. it it's not the kind of scare to me it's like once that's over then it's like it doesn't continue to scare you like right. and those are the things that I find the most scary I will so, say, I will say real quick. I, I, we saw it in the theater with Mike. I thought it was one of the scariest experiences I've ever had, and just like truly, the the white knuckling, the tensity. It, it was, it was so thick in that movie theater. It, I, I, like I'm, I'm tight right now just thinking about it. And then I remember watching it with Kit and just thinking like, ah, oh, maybe this movie does suck. And just <laughs> for years, I was just like, ah. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's probably just just you had to see you had to be there kind of thing. But I did watch it a couple of years ago with my wife, 
and just the two of us and it got me again scared the fucking shit out of me just the two of us in our <laughs> I apartment I just felt like so. I knew the kind of shit that was going to happen which is like a thing staring at a camera a thing appearing to move on a camera like all that I don't know it just so sure <laughs> I remember you were talking about how there's like you you said I think Kit just said there was no lingering fear after you saw that movie um but like when I went to go see it, I went home, which at the time I was actually living with Andrew's now wife uh, and another roommate, but neither of them were home. So I was just in this like little townhouse uh, and it was dark and I had just seen Paranormal Activity. And I specifically remember like not being able to go forward at all into any room unless like it was like fully lit and like going Absolutely. up the stairs. And yeah, and just like sitting in my room and just like I had it took me like an hour probably to like kind of unwind and be like, OK, like I can go down to the kitchen again or, you know, like. Or maybe somebody came home. I don't specifically remember, but I remember standing up at the top of that staircase, just being like extremely uncomfortable, wanting to like go out where there were other people and do something. But it was just I think it was probably late or something. But uh, but yeah, that was one of the most fun, like as far as theater going experiences go, that was one of the most like fun movie nights I've ever had. Just the the whole theater was losing their minds, like screaming and like it it reminds me of it reminds me of uh, Blair Witch where yes. I did I watched that in for the first time in like 2010 probably around the time that I saw Paranormal Activity and I remember I started it late at night just because I was like this is not this isn't going to be scary and I remember being so scared when the movie ended that I wouldn't go to bed until the sun came up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah wait so you didn't see Blair Witch like I, uh-huh. I guess okay I was pretty young yeah you would have been yeah I forget that you were two you're, years, you're, young, two years no, younger than me, but 20, that, 20 years younger than 20, you. yeah, or so give or take. Um, but yeah, that was, I, I saw that in 99 when that came out and then afterward, which it was a lot of fun, but I got motion sick because it was like big screen, all that herky jerky stuff. But, um, afterward we, I used to play flashlight tag with the kids in my neighborhood. And so after I saw Blair, Witch, it's weird for an old man to do that. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Yeah. I was the only one that had a flashlight though. So they had, yeah. to, they had yeah. to play with me. Um, no, but I just remember running around in the dark in my neighborhood and just being like half terrified, but also just having a blast. Like, totally. Uh, it was great. That was, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Although I watched that during the day with Sarah, like four years ago or something like that. And, uh, it was kind of like watching uh paranormal activity with kit. Like it really, yeah, just it doesn't, it doesn't work. There's just some, kind of there's some, there's some things and it's not limited to horror movies. There are very mm. good movies in the world that are just limited to a certain type of viewing experience. I don't think yeah. it makes them any worse. It's just like, no. It's no. Not, not every movie is rated as the lost Ark, where you can just watch it well, at any point and be equally entertained. Yeah. I remember reading a review or a review of the walk, um, the Robert Zemeckis movie mm-hmm. where like man on wire is maybe the best documentary i've ever seen it's great and then nobody saw the walk and i think i I read a review that i think was probably a v club or something that basically said like if you don't see this movie in like nobody saw this movie in theaters and exactly gonna be forgotten because if you had seen it in theaters it would have blown your fucking mind (laughs) but outside of a theater it's not gonna really do anything for you it was one of those movies uh it was also one of the very few movies that uh did 3d like really well like after avatar so it was like gravity and then this and then one or two other movies but it was like just like mind-blowing what they achieved with this movie and it absolutely missed i mean i didn't see it in the theater i saw it in uh i saw it after the fact and as i was watching it i was like oh my god i 
fucked up in not seeing this. I don't even remember that movie. No one does. Okay. That's Gravity, though. Is That is one for sure where <clears throat> I saw it in theaters and I, I enjoyed it and then I have no interest like in seeing that on a smaller screen. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. Um, Kit, do you have any favorite ghost movies? So I have a hard time coming up with uh, a ghost movie that I love other than Beetlejuice. But yeah. like three episodes of The X-Files come to mind. Um, one is called Elegy. And that's the only one that I think is even strictly speaking really a ghost story. And there's this part I remember where someone um, someone like I, there's a character in the episode where that is been killed. Like one of the ghosts had her larynx slice. Like that's how she was killed. But, but there's these words. She is me. that keep like appearing places. And someone recalls them as like the girl's dying words. And then someone points out, but if her larynx was cut, like how could you know what her dying words were? And it's kind of like a harbinger of the ring because like people who see the ghosts, like they're like marked for death by it. And like Scully sees the ghost at one point. And I just remember that being really scary. Um, the first episode of the X-Files that I ever watched that made me go, okay, I'm watching every single episode of this show from now on. It was called Born Again. And it was about a little, it kind of was a poltergeist-esque. It was like a little blonde girl who has telekinesis. And again, I don't know if it totally qualifies as a ghost story, but there's also, there's like a, Mm-hmm. very spooky like video image in it and she can like move things in her house and I remember just like watching it by myself like sitting on the arm of my couch and just being like Jesus Christ this is really scary <laughs> <laughs> like for like a TV show from 1994 or whatever yeah yeah um it's the first season and so yeah that's the thing that made me watch X-Files and then the one that the most comes to mind which again is like only ambiguously a ghost story is Unruhe which is um, the episode I think where we realize that Scully has cancer and it's not really supernatural because it's a it's basically a um, serial killer guy played by Pruitt Taylor Vince who kidnaps women and tortures and lobotomizes them in his trailer and he ends up capturing Scully and there but there's this one element where he takes like Polaroids of the victims and it shows these like screaming ghosts faces around them and I think at some in some cases it's like he'll take the picture of someone just stand I think he takes a picture of Scully just like sitting there but it shows her screaming with all of these like ghost faces screaming around her um and it was like written by Vince Gilligan and directed by Rob Bowman um and it's like one of the best episodes of X-Files ever. And it's really not a supernatural thing uh, episode except for the like psychic photographs. Um, but yeah, I would say I X-Files has like the scariest. Oh, that's one of the best episodes. Um, yeah, it's really, really, um, really scary. X- yeah, X-Files, I would say, is the <laughs> and the scary. I haven't seen like a lot of scary, a lot of yeah. ghost movies that scare me because I find that like. They're just not, they just end up showing you too much and then I'm not scared anymore. Like once the ghost starts like being able to murder people, I'm like, I don't, this isn't scary. Yeah. And I avoid scary movies in general. The ring's pretty scary, but I don't know if that's a ghost movie. 
really. It is. I think it counts. Yeah. Okay. The Ring the is great. I always scary. forget about that movie. Like, but yeah, that was what? Two, what was that? 2001, 2002? 2002. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if I've even seen it since maybe when it first came out on video, but that's a good one. Um, Andrew, did you yep. say that you had? I, I don't think you had mentioned. I know you talked I do. about I have. I've got so. several that I like quite a bit. Okay. Um, this list is honestly endless, but, uh, oh, A Tale of Two Sisters, which I mentioned at the beginning of this, is a very good movie. The Others, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. I was thinking of The Others. That's pretty scary. I will say the first time I saw it in the theater, extremely scary, but I think it's a movie that even once the scares kind of wear off, the premise is enough to sustain you. The premise Um, is very spooky. It is. And there are, yeah, there are several moments that still kind of get me. Um... The Conjuring, a recent one. That's I love that movie. Um, let's see here. What else do I have? I mean, Shining, obviously. Um, oh, Devil's Backbone. That's I love that movie so much. It's so good. Uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, one that I really, really, really like, and I feel that I have been like this movie's like personal cheerleader since it came out is Insidious. Um, he made it for so little money and it was like the movie that it's the movie that made people take James Wan seriously. Uh, cause like he made saw and then a couple other things. I think dead silence was one, which was about puppets. It was not very good. Um, but it was just kind of like, I feel like he was a not seen as like a bankable director. And then he made insidious for a million and a half dollars. And it has some of the most, chilling there's one tracking shot i mean this is the movie that made uh that tiny tim song scary um (laughs) that song was always scary i know but it was like i had never heard it before and it was like what the fuck is this but there's this amazing tracking shot where it follows rose burn through her house as she's taking out the trash and she's like she puts her trash on the corner and looks back and there's just like a little boy like dancing in her living room and it's like this is not like a little boy dancing isn't scary but it's like again it's the thing in your house there's something in your house that's what's scary anyway if you watch that tracking shot um again you'll notice that they they skillfully put the the kid in different places as she's walking through the house very cool um and that movie is very it's very lore heavy and i think maybe that is a problem and it gets kind of cumbersome, but it's also like, I also, I like world building and I also, I I don't think it necessarily sits well in a horror movie very often, but it's also like very fun to see some, like a, a, to see a movie where somebody had total control over it. And yeah, it's a little in its own way, but it's like, these are cool ideas that this person came up with. This is very cool. Um, and it's also a little bit funny. Um, what lies beneath? I like that movie a lot. Uh, it's yeah. a little dated now, but and I don't. It's pretty think good. It's not very well received. He made it in the six months while they were waiting for Tom Hanks to lose a bunch of weight while they were shooting Castaway. Um, but that movie's very. I like that movie a lot. Um, what else do I like? Uh, the Ring, Poltergeist. A lot of classics. Yeah, I like I like ghost movies. I like lots of ghost movies. Yeah, ghost movies probably scare me more than absolutely any other type of horror movie. I think that's that's definitely true. Like a like a good ghost story. But I don't 
know. I also just I, the things I find myself the most scared by are like true stories, like the Velisca Axe murder and the Somerton man. And was that the, the one with the uh, the guy covered up the mirrors? Yes, that's the one that I finished reading it to you for about an hour, and then and you said nothing, and then at the end you said, "Well, that's the scariest story I've ever heard in my <laughs> life." <laughs> yeah, I still think about that often. Uh, oh, me too. Every time terrifying. I see one of those fucking phones, it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> um, good stuff. Well, uh, let's let's move on to happier topics to uh, get us out of this spooky mood we've gotten ourselves into here. Um, uh, it's time for the cruise minute, I believe. Yeah, baby, let's do it. I would love. Here's my cruise minute. I would love to see Tom Cruise in a ghost story, just like as the guy in a house being scared by ghosts. That would rule. Yeah, I think it'd be cool too. You know what I think would be cool is if it was like a uh, a situ- where it's a situation where he's like the only person in the movie. Like yeah, I don't really want to see. That's what I'm thinking I don't too. See, yeah, I don't want to see Tom Cruise with like, uh, you know, pretending a 25 year old woman is his wife and he has like three kids or whatever. Like I don't want to see that. I want to see Tom Cruise alone. Maybe he's got a little bit of scruff. Maybe a little bit of a beard. Maybe uh, he plays like, uh, um. I don't know, a, a writer with writer's block or some shit. Uh, anyway, yeah. and he lives in a in a cliffside manor, such as the one in The Uninvited. I think the movie writes itself personally. I Just Tom Cruise hanging out in a house for an hour and a half. I'll, I'll go see it. Um, I don't have a minute for Tom. I mean, I have all the time in the world for Tom Cruise, but I don't have a cruise minute. Uh, yeah, there's just cool stuff. He's shooting Mission Possible 7 still. There's a bunch of stuff of like shots of... Uh, <laughs> Him and Haley Atwell holding hands and stuff. That's cool. Nice. Uh, it sounded like a, you said Mission Impossible, which I pictured it being like a dad who's like got yeah. pulled into like being a secret agent. That is That'd what I cool. said. Um, <laughs> I will say I think Haley Atwell is the most exciting casting in a Mission Impossible movie since Tom Cruise. And <laughs> honest to you, God, let if me ask they you a question. Ins- okay. When was the last time that you heard Haley Atwell was cast in a movie and you didn't think it was the most exciting casting news for that movie? Never. She's okay, the so best. She's so underrated. But I do honestly think I now. OK, when Tom Cruise stops ma- making Mission Impossible movies, they're basically uh-huh. going to have to stop making Mission Impossible movies. But sure. honestly, there's not a single person on Earth. If there's if there's anyone who they should consider to take over that role, it would be. Haley Atwell, I think. <laughs> like, at least of the people they've proposed so far, like, she makes the most sense to me. Now, they shouldn't do it at all, but if they insist, she would be a, a good candidate. Definitely a better candidate than, like, Jeremy Renner or I just want to say, whoever. what about Andrew? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, dude. Dude, yeah. thank you so much. No thank problem. you. Sure. Um, I think Andrew would do a good job with the being scared to do all the stuff that Tom Cruise has to do. Yeah, I would. And I think that would make, I think that the audience would connect with that. And I think they would think I was awesome. I think the jumping out of a plane while acting would be a challenge. I don't think I I wouldn't even have to act. But he's not acting just scared. He's also doing things. If I made a movie with, with Andrew jumping out of a plane, it would be Andrew like, you know, kind of hustling up to the uh-huh. the exit of the plane. Uh-huh. And then it would cut to me throwing one of those inflatable tube men out of a plane, just like wildly flailing. <laughs> that would work. 
Uh, yeah, people wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. They would not be able to tell the difference. <laughs> Did you notice? Now, I'm really hoping they don't go in a love story direction with Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise. But did you notice that they're handcuffed together in the scene no. where she's smelling his hand? No. I think they what are. If, I think they're handcuffed together. What if instead of uh, what if instead of uh, a love story, it's like his long lost sister, Stephanie Hunt? Sure. Would be great. I'd pref- be cool. certainly prefer that to a love story. Sure. Well, you've already got kind of got something going on with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Too, there's been too, uh, let me say this there's been too many love stories in mission impossible we oh 100 i feel like what? he's basically harry potter where it's like i don't need other than i mean i love uh what's her name that that what it but because it not because i want ethan to like have a have a romantic interest but because she did so much for the story like, yeah, I like her as a reminder of why there shouldn't be a love story. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's yeah. like, oh, well, all he had to do was get with a, another spy and he'll be fine. It's like, no, bitch, the same exact shit's going to happen. Just probably That's more right. often. And he's just like, again, Tom, Ethan's love is the world and everyone in it, which That's is right. kind of the point of the last it's several beautiful. movies. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He what can't if instead love any of, one single person. What if instead of Ethan falling in love, the three ladies, Michelle Monaghan, Haley Atwell, and Rebecca Ferguson all fall in love. And they and we totally get like a menage a trois type situation. Totally les out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and what? We're, I guess Ethan's watching. Otherwise, there's no reason for it for us to see it in the movie. <laughs> we could well, we could figure out why it's, we could figure out why it's in the movie later. I, I just think. I think the camera would probably just pan from Ethan scaling a, you know, a, 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 a high rise tower or something. It would just pan and zoom in on like a waterfall type, mm-hmm. like tropical waterfall type scenario. And then That'd the three cool. of them kind of like, you know, discovering each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm loving about this handcuff situation that I'm that I'm seeing, at least from what I can tell from the pictures, is what? that Ethan's left hand is handcuffed to her right hand. Hell yeah. So he's got to like drive a car. It's going to be great. That's be fun. <laughs> Can't wait. Like, We're yeah. probably another only one or two more years. We'll get to see. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do you think that this, so the, the, the space movie will be shot by the time we get to see this? I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you that's what's happening. Oh, that is what's be. going okay. to happen. Yeah. yeah. What's the space movie? Do we know in the plot or we just know that he goes to space? I've told you my theory. I've told you my theory that it is this movie called Luna Park and it is about a heist on the moon. Oh, that's cool. It's a movie that has been it has been like on his IMDb off and on for like years. And uh, yeah, I think they dusted that sucker off, probably gave it some punch up. But it's like I'm just like <laughs> he's like a he's like a grizzled ex something astronaut dude who decides to pull off a heist and on the moon and that is that's so cool. That's insane. Is he, he wow. going to steal the moon? D- does it fucking matter, dude? Does <laughs> a, it does, whether he steals the moon or he steals some moon dust, I don't care. That is <laughs> that's absolutely rules. It's cool. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, dude. For <sighs> sure. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. All right. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks. Please but join Mike, us. But Mike, wait. Why the l- listeners want to know what we're going to watch next week. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> uh, please join us next week for a new triple feature. Stop laughing uh, at me, Kit. It's hard doing that every week. I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing at what he's about to have to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Uh, so the next triple feature we have is also Halloween themed. It is Mike's not so spooky Halloween triple okay. feature. Yes. Uh, and so what Can't happened, wait. we record these episodes many months in advance. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it just so happened that the Halloween or that the triple feature I had picked, I think we recorded it probably back in like May or June and it was Halloween films, uh, mm-hmm. but that are that are not spooky um, or not. You know, they're not actually horror films. And uh, it would have been perfect for October. We could have just let it happen. Uh, but instead, we were like, hey, we should do a bonus Halloween triple feature uh, because that way we can have Halloween movies. Um, you know, so instead of just going with what we already had because we didn't realize that's what was coming up next, uh, we did a whole bonus uh, triple feature, which is what you've just finished listening to. <laughs> um, and uh, so, but yeah, so you get six weeks of Halloween instead of just three. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but the 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 fe- feature we're starting with uh, next week is 1976's Kenny and Company, so that will be an episode that we've recorded uh, well before we recorded these episodes, but it will be coming out after. If that makes, I hope that all makes sense to everybody listening. So, all right, slow motion triple feature was recorded in a haunted estate on the English coast. Special thanks to our producer Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slow motion triple at gmail.com andrew have we gotten any email ever other Uh, than my hate mail oh then no no okay (laughs) all right well good night and good luck